Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Just quickly in the Ashley Fine Floors text line, I we were talking a bit about Ethan Bear and how popular he's become. And, you know, somebody suggested he reminded him of this player or that player. Um... Suggesting maybe a bit like Phil Housley, and I, I don't. Again, I don't think Ethan's got quite that explosiveness, but Ethan's pretty good defensively and pretty competitive defensively. Someone su- suggested Brian Rafalski. Another guy suggested Jared Spurgeon, and uh, that's a, a great starting point. Is uh, at uh, twelve thirty four we go into our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. We welcome back to the show. From the NHL Network, a uh, longtime NHL player, uh, one of the biggest agents in the game with Octagon, later GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, Phil Helsley was a contemporary of yours. You've watched a lot of Jared Spurgeon, who is from Edmonton, was actually once cut by his peewee team, they also cut Tyler Ennis. That team must have been a hell of a team. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. uh, anyhow, uh, a comparable to Housley, a comparable to Jared Spurgeon, and a comparable to Brian Rafalski. Who do you see when you see Ethan Bear play? Because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I think he's been the best Oiler in training camp, and he looked really composed last night. Anybody, I mean, you know all those guys. Any of those comparables make sense? You know, it's interesting. I had a discussion with an NHL scout last night about Ethan Bear. We were talking about Ethan Bear, essentially Broberg, and Evan Bouchard, and looking at the existing Oilers decor yes. and saying, who's going to be, you know, that... We were talking Chris Letang, but the purpose was, who's going to be that potential number one, number two D for this decor? When cleft bomb is gone, who's still a young guy. Uh, We don't feel that Darnell is necessarily going to be that guy, but Darnell is going to be a very good guy. But which player out of those three? And I got to tell you, uh, Ethan Bear, he was at the top of the list for those guys. Really? That's not the way it's supposed to go in terms of where guys were drafted, but it happens all the time. So... You know, for me, who do I think he is? I think he's still developing, you know, 21 points this year. He had a nice year, um, very similar stats-wise to uh, Anderson on Calgary last night. Yeah. And, um, you know, the sky is the limit for these guys. But can you sit there honestly, and this is Ken Holland's job, and say who is going to be that guy for me in the future? I would feel very, very good about the growth that's left in Ethan Bear to develop into what we're saying is a number one or number two defenseman. He's not there yet for me, but he looks good in the top four, and he's got a lot, a lot of growth to go. He's just scratching the surface of his career. Well, it's interesting because Rafalski didn't come into the NHL until he was 26. 
people forget that. Not like exactly. he, yeah. like he, you know, he played four. Had to, he had to beg coming out of college for a job to play over in. I think he started in Finland. Yeah. So like he couldn't even play in the National Hockey League, and I saw and I, Brian as a college player at the University of Wisconsin, and I was like, eh, too small. Yeah, don't think he can do it. Well, nine times. Everybody nine thought that. Nine-time 40-point score. I mean, he had 48 points in his last year in 63 games in Detroit in 10-11, and he was 37 years of age that year. <laughs> like it's yeah. like he. Let's. I mean, when you look at those numbers, you think he could have played at least a couple more years. And uh, so, I mean, I always like Rafalski. I mean, well, I love Zubov. Like Zub. Like and, and Housley. Housley to me, the skating right. Like that's tough to replicate. I don't know if Phil always loved engaging in the rough stuff. Like when I see Ethan Bear square up with Matthew Kachuk, and people say, Stafford, Kachuk isn't tough. He's today tough. Like, uh, and you he, know what? He, he, he's today wait a tough. about Matthew Kachuk. You can say what you want, but to say he's not tough, well, then he's just playing crazy. Because I want to know which Edmonton fans out there listening right now are willing to drop the gloves and go a few rounds with Zach Cassian straight up. Never mind yeah. about all the other stuff. Yeah. He had to do it straight up, mano a mano. And, and yes, I know he tried to grab him really quickly. I don't care. You couldn't fit that guy's you-know-what in a garbage can for doing that. He is definitely tough in today's league. And, and Ethan Bear took the fight with him. Sat there, the return engagement in Calgary, and they sat there and cross-checked each other. He said, all right, let's go. I'll go, yeah. And went toe-to-toe. And it just, like... What's happened with Ethan and the whole Jersey thing, and we had Jack Cookson on from Pro-Am Sports about 10 days ago, and they were the, uh, the you know, they've got personal deals with the respective agents for, for Ethan and for Yamamoto, so they've got deals that pay homage to the respective heritages of those two players, and just the love in in the market for that. And it, you know, I mean, it's a really cool thing. You said something, though, about the defense. You know, right now the Oilers have three defensemen in in Chris Russell and Matt Benning and Adam Larson that are not sort of high-end point producers at this. Like, Russell maybe had a chance, but I think Ken Hitchcock kind of hammered that out of him if he wanted to be an NHL defenseman because when he was in junior, he's a pretty good offensive defenseman. Um, Larson's limited offensively. I think we know that. That said, you need guys that can stop the cycle. But the Oilers are going to transition Bouchard and Bear or Broberg in here in the next couple of years. They're going to have, and that's why I think the team's poised to take another step, Brian, down the road, because they're going to have a different ability to trans. Like last night, their transition game in the second period, last five minutes of the first, all of the second, first ten minutes of the third, they were bottled up. They really struggled. They were disjointed. Calgary outplayed them five on five. But the Oilers are going to have different guys outletting the puck, moving the puck forward to you know, the McDavid's and Dry Settles and Nugent Hopkins, because I'm going to assume that Nugent Hopkins gets re-signed here. So, you know, it's it, it's going to be inter- interesting to watch as they grow out those D. Do you not agree? Uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I am much higher maybe on Evan Bouchard than the average fan in Edmonton. Uh, I just think the kid's a tremendous athlete. Um, sometimes he maybe leaves you wanting a little more in terms of effort. I just think it's the way he plays. When he gets in there and builds his confidence, he's going to hit a much higher ceiling than, in my opinion, most people will believe. This guy is just tremendously talented. Uh, he's got a transition. You have to remember, he's transitioning out of junior where he pretty much just changed himself. 
and the world was his oyster in terms of having to earn it every single shift. He was a tremendous player, but he was so much better than everybody else. He got so much leeway, and now he's got to transition into the pro game where you don't get that right off the bat. I do think he'll get back to being that type of an elite player in the NHL. He's just an absolutely prototypical guy to be patient with, and that's exactly what Ken Holland is doing. Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? Like, I don't think there's going to be a super rushed. I mean, if the Oilers suffer four injuries on defense, then guess what? Broberg and Lagesson and Bouchard at that stage. Like, if they lose four of their top six as Edmonton goals, if they have an advanced run of the playoffs here, you're going to see those guys in there. But I don't think the plan is for the start of the 2021 season to necessarily have Bouchard or Broberg here. So uh, what did you uh, – so you watched the, the games last night. Um First of all, from a television perspective, what did you think of, uh, and we'll, we got John Shannon coming up later on, too. We're going to ask him about this, but just about the productions. on, on the, Did it seem like kind of real hockey to you? It absolutely did. I spent about two and a half hours on a call two days ago with everybody involved at NHL Productions going over everything. They gave us a glimpse, you know, what it looks like inside the hubs. Uh, but also just, you know... <laughs> I'm not quite sure why they had the talent on there. The Zoom call with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and everybody else on the production side. But it was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Two and a half hours of education on how much has gone into this effort from a production standpoint. So, of course, I'm dying to see it. And I got to tell you, I was really impressed. I like what they've done with the stands to cover the seats. That's unique. Um, I like what they've done with the music. I like the way they're handling virtually everything. I've been super, super impressed. For me, it's a little bit different because, you know, I played, I don't know how many games in the NHL, 500 games, say. Um, I never really thought about the crowd. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But when you get into competition, there's so much focus that's going on out there. It's not like you're stargazing into the crowd all the time. So, you know, I've thought that this kind of phony baloney about, well, the players won't try as hard or this or that, that's just not true. Nobody knows how to play that way that plays in the NHL. you got to be going your hardest at all times. And what I saw were guys going their hardest. I mean, Zach Cassian, he almost killed Gustafson. Like, that's not a friendly exhibition game. These guys know there's one game and we're into the playoffs. It's different. It is significantly different than we've seen in the past. And that's what the other game showed me. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to see and expect to see, you know, from everybody. I'm a little bit disappointed today with uh, maybe the effort from the Panthers against Tampa. But I think you're going to see really competitive exhibition games because people know this is it. It's not like we got to grind through six of these, and I know I don't need six to be ready. You get one, and you're not even starting the regular season. You're starting for keeps. So I'm fascinated by the production. I'm fascinated by how the players are handling it. And I think it's really, really bodes well for NHL fans. So there's been four exhibition games so far. I don't know if you've seen all of them or parts of them. I mean, I only saw, I'll be honest, I only saw the Leafs and Canadians and obviously broadcast our game last night from the studio. Uh, But I would suggest, Brian, based on what I'm hearing, was Edmonton Calgary the most physical of the game, the exhibition games played so far? I did watch the other two, and yes, I thought it was. Yeah, 
I absolutely thought it was. It was just a notch higher than I thought it would be. A couple notches higher, to be honest with you. You just have two teams that don't like each other. I had to chuckle when Ronaldo was their 13th forward, and who knows if he's an unrestricted free agent in this season. Maybe Calgary you know, brings him back. We know that Brad Trey living. Look, Brad was a hard-nosed, tough defenseman and junior, and is not a shrinking violet as a guy and doesn't like seeing his teams get pushed around. Uh, so maybe there's a chance Ronaldo ends up coming back. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to make some decision on a couple players there. But the exchange, but you know, what, what are they going to do? Where's Sam Bennett fit long-term? Because I kind of like him as a player. I just can't figure out why he doesn't score more. Um, but anyhow, the you know, Haas and Archibald getting involved with Stone and Ronaldo, that was real. And, and Stone got cross-checked twice on one shift. Like, if I was him, I would have been absolutely cheesed off like i would have been sticking somebody or slashing someone across the wrist or something to get a shot back in on a guy but i just love it you know just the exchange between and we got it plain as day like it was it's it's pretty funny because sometimes our live mics on the road pick stuff up like that especially during commercial breaks sometimes we can hear coaches uh we had a coach in the last three years here where you could hear a lot of he has a, a very specific tone but that's all part of the beauty of the game isn't it it is, and you're right about Brad. I, I know Brad well enough to know that he's going to watch that, and he can't change it now. But next year, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a little more size, a little more um, truculence in their lineup. Because, uh, you know, Zach Cassie, Zach's really a great story. I mean, Zach has gone through a lot to get to where he is today. Um, he was an absolute disaster coming out of junior as a young person and i just think he's developed into he should be really proud of himself the the person that he's developed into the things he's battled through to get to where he is and the meaningfulness that he can bring to a club is real he is a unique player there's no doubt about it and uh, i can't imagine that brad is enjoying um watching that from calgary side so i wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of a uh, a counterbalance there at some point. So, but anything. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian. Anything uh, in Edmonton's performance that concerned you at all last night? Um, a couple of shifts in their own end, but for the most part, um, I got to think. I, I sent Tip a mes- message afterwards. I haven't heard back from him yet. It's not uncommon, but. Um, there was a couple of things I don't want to say right now that uh, I said to him. There were some players that, uh, for the most part, I thought the team played terrific. There was a couple of players that disappointed me a little bit. There were a couple of things that went on privately that uh, from Edmonton that I thought were a little bit off early on in the game, and then they got corrected as the game went on. Okay. Uh, you know, Tip is going to do whatever he wants to do. He's a great coach. Um, but I had some strong thoughts on a few things. Oilers uh, play Chicago. That starts. They'll have a game on Saturday, a game again on Monday. We won't have you on again until Wednesday. So give us your prediction in this matchup in the series. Um, I certainly felt incredible about Edmonton's chances when we thought that Corey Crawford wouldn't be playing. I still feel really good. About their chances, um, the strengths that Edmonton has are deficiencies of Chicago's. 
if they can play the way they played last night where they're, they're able to utilize their very gifted offense that they have and, and yet not completely abandon playing a tight game, then I think they'll do really well against Chicago. If it turns into a shootout, then I think it, the matchup is leveling out dramatically and will significantly help Chicago's chances. I think that's going to be the battle of the series. So Corey Crawford will definitely help. They're going to need elite goaltending. A couple of tough breaks for Chicago in that they traded Gustafson and Robin Leonard. You know, they were a team that didn't think they would right. be there. And yet here they find themselves now. So those are those are some good breaks for the Oilers. Uh, but they've just got to play a certain way, and that's, that's a tighter game. Um, then a lot of players want to play. So we'll find out how good the coach is in convincing the players that this is the way to the promised land, and we'll see how they execute. But uh, I still, this would be one series that I am pretty bullish for one team over the other because a lot of these series are very close. Pittsburgh is another series, just to give you an example of I'm pretty bullish for Pittsburgh. I would say I'm almost as bullish for Edmonton. Wow. All right, Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Bob. That is Brian Lawton. He's our Oilers Now headliner for Touchback Safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. And a reminder, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan Maggie Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. 1250 in Edmonton. The Oilers Now injury report coming up for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. We'll be right back after this. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, welcome back, everybody. 1254 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. You're listening to Oilers Now. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, AA, double A, didn't look good last night. I'm getting concerned. Could Nygaard bump him out? Uh, well, Nygaard's coming off a challenging uh, hand uh, surgery. Um, I, I think it'd be a little premature to see uh, Athanasio come out, but I do agree he needs to. He remains a bit of an enigma at this stage. Controversial Hal says Bob uh, for his very first game. I think Broberg did quite well, especially playing against Calgary for a tune-up game. There was an underlying edge to it. Good on him for surviving that. Again, you can text us at uh, 780-496-0063. This text comes in from Josh. He says, Bob, I think Ethan Bear reminds me of Jeff Norton. Bear is tougher and Norton in his prime. Uh, but Norton in his prime is a better skater, but Bear can get there. That one comes to us from Josh. Interesting. Uh, you're going back. I mean, I remember <laughs> Jeff Norton had some ability. Uh, there's no question about that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, former defenseman Mark says, the game last night changes everything. The Oilers are going to win the cup. That is from Chicken Little Oilers fans. Laugh out loud. Seriously, the game was far more intense than I expected. What a game by Smith, certainly on point. Calgary might have been a smidge off, but he was on. The defense uh, could stand to tighten up uh, a bit. 
Otherwise, the Oilers' performance was more and better than I expected. I think these guys are ready. Go Oilers, go. That one comes from, from former defenseman Mark. There's no question the the Vegases of the world and St. Louis's of the world. I mean, you're going to play against Edmonton. You got to pressure the Oilers D and pound them, and uh, and try to create some turnovers that way, and not allow Edmonton to attack through the neutral ice with speed. And then stay off. Uh, don't take too many penalties because that's where Edmonton can kill you. Their power play, I know they scored in their first one. The first three power plays, they could have scored three times in each of those power plays. As promised, uh, we are going to get to the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive. Back of the 630 Chet Studios, here's Brendan Escott. Just one note here, Bob. After being questionable heading into yesterday's scrimmage against Philadelphia, Penguins captain uh, Sidney Crosby did play 20-plus minutes, so he is expected to center Jake Gensel and Connor Sheary as they head into the qualifying round against Montreal. All right. Uh... And uh, reports out of Boston have David Pasternak playing in their exhibition game. I think they play tomorrow. I'm, I'm on, you know, their exhibition games, once we get going, we'll be going. By the way, Brendan, we'll be doing our uh, qualifying round picks with Jack Michaels, Reed Wilkins, yourself, and me the Friday at one thirty. People are not going to want to miss that. And we'll have an abbreviated version of Oilers Now tomorrow. Because uh, the Commons opportunity to do a one-hour session with Justin Trudeau on the Wee Scandal will be broadcast live on 6.30 Chad tomorrow from 1 until 2 o'clock. Off to a global news weather traffic update with David Bowles when we come back from the cult of hockey, David Staples. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.